0: Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early odds and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher, I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. Uh, we've, we finally actually have the t-shirt up on the website. So if you go to findingemopod.com, you can pre-order a t-shirt unless you're listening to this later than, you know, the last week of April 2022. In that case, you can probably just buy the t-shirt or maybe you can't because we've sold out and we can't make any more t-shirts. Uh, yeah. A million people or have bought hot them. Hot
1: Topic has has bought us hot out. Hot
0: Topic, yeah, I bought all of them. So now you have to go to the mall, which who mm-hmm. wants to do that? Honestly, it's all part uh, of our
2: three year plan to get rich <laughs> off podcasting. It does involve Hot Topic? It does. Uh, so we're, you can, ra- we're rounding out year two.
0: <laughs> so so you can do you can do that uh, if you dig the show and wanna want some uh, some. Some swag. Uh, Anyway, today we are talking about uh, the 2011. This is the second time we've dipped into the 2010 decade um, Mm -hmm. on the podcast. Uh, We're doing Bayside's Killing Time from 2011, and Kyle's going to tell us about it. Kyle, tell us more.
1: Okay, dudes. This is one of those records that has zero information about it. So I'm going to read the extent of everything that is written on Wikipedia. (laughs) It is going to take two minutes (laughs) or less. It's insane. And and we can speculate about some things after that. But here we go, okay? So (laughs) I said I was ready. I'm not. So this was released February 22nd, 2011. It came out on Wind Up Records. And am I wrong? Is
0: that Creed's label? Yes. Well, it's not. Yeah. yeah, it was the label the that label signed. that made Creed the label Creed of Creed. Yes. yes, yes. Okay, and Evanescence, well, and <clears throat> Evanescence. Yeah. That's true. Okay,
1: so like, kind of weird. They've been up. on Vagrant, and and I think that I think it's fair to say that Bayside was always kind of one of those bands that had hype around them, but maybe not the commercial success. And so, from other articles that I read, it sounded like. Everybody wanted Bayside after they put out the record, uh, The Walking Wounded, and it, I don't know if it was a bidding war or what, but they they were able to take their time, and they chose Wind Up. Anthony Ranieri, the lead singer, says they, they could basically be on whatever label they wanted. They chose Wind Up. They took a year to make this record, so I'm assuming they had a really big budget, not to mention... Gil Norton produced He's it. He's not cheap. You might have heard of him. No, n- not cheap. Uh made some pretty big records, worked with some pretty big bands. And here it is. Here's here's the two sentences. On March 12, 2010, it was announced that the group had signed to a major label and were expected to release their next album in the fall. The album was produced by famed British Gil Norton, producer Gil Norton who had previously worked with such bands as Pixies, Foo Fighters and Jimmy Eat World. End of information on the Wikipedia page.
0: <laughs> That's it. How
1: crazy is that? No it, now I can tell you like if you go to you know how it's like linked up to reviews. Yeah. This album is well reviewed. Like there's there's not a bad review. There's no major site that reviewed this album poorly. It was one of Alternative Press's most Alternative Press Alternative Press Most Anticipated Albums of 2011. And, um, I mean, I'll tell you guys this. I feel like people sleep on Bayside all the time. Like, this is just one of those bands that never hit it. The album before this, Shudder, was one that was lost in a internet leak. I think it leaked like a month before it came out. And so, I, I really feel like, I mean, also... Not not to not to make light of an awful situation, but I feel like they've had bad luck, starting with the van the van crash that killed their drummer. Yeah. And it's, you know, seriously injured a couple other guys. Then a couple records later, they their album leaks and then they put this out. And the fact that we don't have any information on how it did, how it performed, I'm assuming it didn't perform well. Wouldn't surprise me if this one leaked, right? Everything was leaking around this time. And of
0: course, this is getting I close just, to like streaming being <clears> a more. That's uh, true. Not quite. That's Spotify's true. not quite in the U.S. I don't think in 2011 yet. But well,
1: and also you look at other records that were big at this time. This particular, I mean, Bayside is they are they're a pop punk band, but they're a rock and roll. Oh, band. Oh yeah, yeah. I put them more rock than and and pop. And this punk. brand was not necessarily, I think, what was taking off at the time. At this time, you had like I I think the ringleaders were like all time low, low were coming up hard. You know what I mean? So like punk was starting to get a little more pop, a little more handsome. Is that fair to say? <laughs> um, I,
2: that's about right. Yeah.
1: And so oh, that's too bad. I feel, I really feel like these guys have just always been in the background, but they are truly some of my faves. So, and that's that's all I got, fellas.
0: Here's an I've interesting got like another
1: article that I'm gonna reference when we get on a certain song, but other than that, that's it.
0: Well, I've got it let's like I mean, since we have maybe less to talk about up front on this one, I think something that just popped in my head was, you know, you talk about we've now said multiple times on on this show that you know we can trace back generally some of the lack of success on a record due to it being leaked beforehand. This is happening like mm-hmm. all the time in the 2000s it yeah. was like this problem. I think it's just funny that like for the most part the people doing that were probably had were probably big fans of the band and like right. really oh, like yeah. to the detriment of the band they liked, you know. I mean, to be fair, I only know one person that's leaked a giant album
2: <laughs> before but But that's more than most people. that's more than
0: most people know but i know that his intention was not to like screw the band he really liked the album and uh and was responsible for it being leaked uh and and that's not (laughs) it doesn't make it any better for the band you know that oh you didn't have bad intentions but it was just a weird time to be um, like excited about somehow getting your hands on something early and then kind of ruining that band's entire like thing they've been working on for a couple years. years. Uh, and then, yeah, that's a, it's a bummer. And I, I agree, Kyle. It's like, they never quite could catch a break. I do think the label has something to do with it though. I think that we've talked again, multiple times on this podcast about how a lot of times people kind of, went to a label and just kind of like inhaled everything that came from that label. Like there were like yep. vagrant kids and drive through kids. And it kind of felt like not that they didn't branch outside of that, but they were like, well, but this is my main thing. And like Windup's not on any of those people's that's not on the list of those record labels no. that we talk about. Well, and
1: actually the bands we were talking about were kind of, bands people turn their noses up at right well well and evanescence i'm not
0: listening totally different crowd too yeah and and so i think that selling evanescence to the that the crowd that like creed is that's not a stretch like that makes sense and and i'm not dogging on these bands either you know i had the creed albums admittedly everyone did um but you know that's this is not either one of those bands and I feel like it doesn't matter how much you like a label or how much a label likes you, you back then we kind of did have lanes. And not oh yeah. And not it was on purpose. I mean like yep. They knew okay, we can the the more we can motown this thing where we kind of do the same thing for every band, the better our resources are being spent. And all these are small labels, obviously. So, um, so it makes sense, but you, if you sign with the wrong one, I mean, we've talked about this before, Chris, we like when, when victory records wanted to talk to us, we were like, that doesn't make any sense. We'll talk to them, but that doesn't make any sense for our band to be on that label. Like we would be the poppiest, brightest colored album cover, you know, just didn't make sense. Um, uh, and I, but I like that label and I like some of the bands on it, but it didn't fit for us, you know? Um, and I think that that's probably kind of what partially what happens to Bayside. Do you think that's fair to say?
1: Totally. Well, okay. So I'm going to say this, I'm going to read this from another article. He says, let's see. We spent about a year deciding what label we wanted to go with. And we now know we made the right decision. So you dudes know just as well as I do. If they really had a year to decide, I'm going to go ahead and assume I haven't seen them live. I desperately want to. I'm a, I'm going to assume that they're fantastic because if they had a year to decide who they were going with, people wanted this band. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like,
1: like it, I mean poor guy. I mean, going from victory where we know now that like bands didn't make any money off of successful victory records back then. Yeah. And, and then this happens. Um, but yeah, it says, we'll see. Um, the biggest and best difference with our new situation is that we had more time than ever to work on this new album. We spent a year writing and recording this record and it really gave us the time to make sure that everything was perfect. And it sounds like it. (laughs) It
0: Yeah. I mean, and and, and, to be (laughs) fair, like that's great, but I, I do, you can, if your last thing wasn't successful in the sense that like it, it didn't leave you at like a ramp up kind of situation. If it leaked or if it didn't sell well or something like that, you kind of need to get another one out quickly. Oh yeah, I feel like, totally. I mean, and, and it's not. I'm all you know. There is. It's a. It's a hard. It's a hard thing to fit because it's like there's the art side of things, and there is the. It's a business, and you're trying to make money as a band. So you got to balance you're right. Those. And what's
1: so? What's crazy is Walking Wounded comes out. I say this. It may have come out a year before, but I believe it came out 2007. Shutter. Comes out in two thousand and eight. That's how quickly they put out a second album. This doesn't release until twenty eleven. So you're absolutely right. And knowing that Shutter was leaked, I mean, they probably even though like they're they're a great band. This is a great record. They probably, if ever there was a lull, you know, in in hype, it was probably then.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, I. I just think that that's, that might be too. Yeah. Cause that's three years between you're right. Shudder is 2008. So three years and three years. Is not, is not a crazy long cycle or anything like that. I think that's a pretty normal, um, kind of release an album tour for a year, uh, you know, year yeah. and a half a or maybe off. like a little time off, start doing a record, go on another tour, come back, finish the record, release it to, you know, that kind of, schedule jimmy world's like the kings of that they literally just outside of covid would have just like clockwork um just a machine yeah yeah i mean they know exactly what they gotta do we make a record we go tour the record and then you know that's how we make a living and uh
2: record in the fall or spring yeah
0: little tour yeah festival circuit in the summer yeah and they and they good for them they do well uh but I do think Bayside deserved to be bigger than they were. I think they they're another band that's on the list of uh, we've done a few of these albums where we feel like they should have been more successful. We had the opportunity we we played with them one time, but like their singer was sick. I got sick that night too. Um oh no! Yep. And so they just did like an acoustic thing where it was mostly like, "Hey, we need the crowd to sing along. Like we don't want to cancel the oh. show." It was yeah. literally just like, but we, but my, I've lost my voice, and it wasn't like the I've lost my voice. I hate that pity thing that singers do, where they're like, "Sorry, I'm kind of under oh, the yeah, weather." It wasn't, like it wasn't like that. It was like he literally couldn't sing, so he's like, "But we don't want to cancel." Mm. Um, and it was my one opportunity <laughs> to hang out on a tour bus, and I got sick, so I'm like, not, I'm sleeping in the van while everyone else was playing guitar oh, here on the man. bus. Uh, it was so awesome. I lose. Uh, but it was a fun Go ahead show. And tell me he so, was a nice guy, Chris.
2: This is uh, let me tell you about the Chris Monnier confidence of that year. Is I asked the bus driver, I was like, "We're probably going to need you soon. Could I have your card so that I, I know like who it. to contact?" <laughs> I still have it. I was just like, "Well, we're going to be needing this any day now."
0: Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. We did not. Spoiler <laughs> nah, alert! Don't. But yeah. uh, well, I'm glad you got to hang on the bus, Chris. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. Shall we go to first impressions and that kind of stuff? Yeah, All right, let's, let's do go it. to it. Okay, so first impressions. Uh, Chris, let's go to you first. Uh, t- tell us about your impressions.
2: My first impression was I know this is going to be good because my birthday buddy told me <laughs> to buy it the day it came out. He said, Buy <laughs> this album the day it comes out. I was like, Okay. And I bought it. And boy, howdy, does it come in just ripping. I mean, if ever there was an album that if you were unsure about, to- told you with it, whispered through your speakers within the first 15 seconds, you made the right choice. <laughs> I see it. It's just like, oh, cool. OK, I get it. So, um, yeah, I loved it. I listed it over and over and over and over and over again <laughs> for many, many weeks.
0: Kyle, I assume you okay. were impressed with it, since you told Chris to buy it the day it <laughs> came it. out. They <laughs> it. So. So.
1: Huge, huge fan. Always loved Bayside. When it came out, I was like, holy crap, this is, you know, this is somehow better. Um, but I will say, I was going to ask you guys if you remembered, because we went to, you bought the record, Chris, and we all went to a movie. What movie would, what movie would that be this year?
0: 2011. In, in
1: 2011. Would that be the first Avengers? Mm, is that too old
0: no that's probably it yeah
2: 2012 was first avengers oh
0: hmm well that was that i was feel like
2: we, we went and went saw to, a movie
1: at the war we went the
2: buffalo wild wings i remember a night where we no, went to that buffalo was avengers yeah okay. that, right that was avengers because we, we got to the movie late. we had to sit played the mavericks next yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: well because you because i remember because i remember talking about it in the car because we listened to it there because Blake hadn't listened to it much at that point. And both of us were just talking about how I remember, I feel like I remember you were like, dude, this rips. I had no idea that it rocked, that they rocked this hard. And I mean, yeah, there Bayside is awesome. When this record came out, I was like, Holy crap, still awesome. And I loved it.
0: I'm on the, uh, I'm the odd man out that if I did listen to this back then, I don't remember listen. I probably did listen to it with one of you two or something, but um, but I hadn't really listened to it. So my first impressions are as of, you know, the last couple of weeks Um, and I I like it. I wish there was more guitar driven kind of rock that didn't annoy me. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. and, and this is, this is not, you know, this is, uh, I miss guitar solos is my, is my main oh. note is that I'm like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I remember people used to put guitar solos in rock songs. That was fun. Uh, and I feel like they did that throughout here. They didn't have like one token solo, uh, give me lots of solos. And re- you know, the last, the other band I listened to that has the guitar solos is like the darkness who, who I love. And I'm glad that it's they don't have to be alone Bayside's also putting guitar solo solos and stuff so that would be a tour mm-hmm. i'd go see that tour yeah Dude, right yeah um yeah so first impressions are we all liked it obviously sounds like uh so let's get into track by track discussion uh and <laughs> i lost my track listing in front of me okay the track one already gone here we go one day Kyle picked the clips for this one, but I had to extend that one a little bit to get that little chromatic walk up. You had to. (laughs) to to I'm glad you did. Because that's pretty fun. Uh, Chris, as per the usual, you're air drumming. So tell us what your thoughts are on track one. Dude, homies
2: poetry. We'll be walking (laughs) hand in hand in hell. I love that line. It's almost an it's almost an alkaline trio line. Oh, sorry. Mm. It is an alkaline trio line, but it's like done perfectly by them. Uh, riffs and licks all over the darn place. Guitar work is fantastic. That's a perfect rock and roll song right there. That's how you start an album, boys.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Kyle, what are your thoughts on it?
1: <laughs> um, I agree. I had a hard time picking the clip because it just, just, it freaking comes out swinging. Yeah. I do want to say this. What a album, what a freaking album and what an intro track to follow angels and airwaves with because (laughs) they don't waste a second on this song like oh we're gonna rip your we're gonna melt your face off with this guitar intro then there's the verse oh here's the chorus and they just don't stop um and my birthday buddy mentioned the line i'm gonna finish it all and honestly this is gonna be a show where i read lyrics (laughs) that are fantastic because this dude is the t swift of of pop punk um clearly a relationship went south before this record was composed and i oh my gosh i feel sorry for i feel sorry for them so let's see one day you're going to see the life sentence you gave to me but i swear one day we will share the cell i know it's cold but i will keep us warm with all the hate i radiate Will be walking hand in hand in hell. But
0: he sounds so happy too. He doesn't sound he does that angry sound so while happy. he's singing these words.
1: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, guitar intro. Uh, oh yeah, and then the freaking, I love the repeats on something in the way. Uh, I I I love the song. It's a great opening track. So
0: yeah, it's solid. It uh, you're right. They waste zero time getting to the point. Uh, on this opening track and setting up what the rest of the record has coming behind it, uh, which kudos to, we don't often talk about the notes we get uh, after shows, but I couldn't believe when our my buddy Harold, that has a Toons Toons podcast, if you haven't listened, <laughs> uh, wrote, he was like, Tom DeLonge intro, am I right? And I was like, how did one of us not say that yeah. on the show? What <laughs> What was going on? Then Kyle, you're supposed to come up with that nah, note. I failed you, you guys. failed us. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's go to track two, which is 666. Six, six i <laughs> Uh, my first note, uh, that we haven't really talked about yet, was I'm listening to this album after Kyle picks it. Uh, we're gonna let you peek behind the curtain here. Uh, and so I'm listening kind of like for the first time, and then Chris messages, like, oh, of course it's Gil Norton, and I was like, well, that makes all the sense <laughs> in the world now because I'm going, wow, the guitars are pretty great sounding, and he's just Gil Norton is so good at rock guitar tone. I don't know. What it is specifically that he does, but he brings out the. They don't all sound the same either, because it's like this doesn't sound like Foo Fighters guitars, and Foo Fighters no. sound like Foo Fighters, and Counting Crows sound like Counting Crows, and Pixies sound like Pixies, uh, Jimmy World sounds like Jimmy World. But all of the guitars on those albums and bands that I just talked about are they sound better than kind of all the competition, in my opinion. And this is another example of that. Gil Norton is just real. Real good with a mic and an amp, um, and layering those things. Anyway, that's my opinion on Kyle. What what are your opinions on 666?
1: Um my notes are guitars.
2: <laughs> okay, so you agree and
1: <clears throat> I agree with a question
2: mark and an exclamation and, point.
1: And yes. And uh I'd hate to be the person he wrote this song about. I mean, it is oh. freaking mean, dude. <laughs>
0: Uh, Chris,
2: thoughts? Yeah, I felt similar. I mean, it would be one thing if somebody wrote a song about me or like, he's a bad guy and I don't like him. But if somebody said, I curse to hell this magistrate who granted this unholy fate. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> And they thought about that a long time. It's <laughs> <That's> really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's not like something that you just like, it, the flows out of you. Like you sit down with pen and pad and you are like, all right. All right.
2: Hatred oozing out of you. Like somebody could dip a spoon into it. So thick and frothy. Oh, it's a great song. Six sick, sick clip, by the way.
0: Oh, very nice. I see what you see. You're trying to get the puns in here now <laughs> because I got onto to Kyle. And so here the puns come. Uh, All right, let's go to track three Mona Lisa. Chris, what are your thoughts on Mona Lisa as you air drum? So I assume not terrible.
2: That's hard not to. Yeah, no, it's a it good, these songs. it's a good
0: swinging six, um, eight drum and song.
2: I, yeah. Love the nanas. It's a great pop song. <laughs> um, Production. So you, you. Production. That's perfect. But I think as somebody who's like kind of in kind of was in the music business and still listens to for those things. You always kind of listen to them like, to kind of trip up. Like Maybe they, they, they used all their tricks in the first two
0: songs. Oh, yeah. But
2: by the third song, you're like, okay, okay. This whole album is just going to be produced really, really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a great song.
0: Kyle, thoughts?
1: So I'm going to give you my thoughts, but this is the one that I actually had a quote from Anthony. So he says, I wanted to write a song with as many key changes as I could fit in and as many weird tricks as I could and see if I could make it sound listenable basically try and make something very complex, sound very simple. So I wrote that song just to see if I could and it wound up sounding great. So it made the record. Um, I agree. It sounds great. I, I really love this song. I like that. It's um, I like their formula, right? Like the, they are, they are a rock and roll punk band and you almost, it's almost impossible to hear a Bayside song and not know that it's them. Uh, But this one is a little bit different. And, um, I had to, I, I, in that clip, man, I had to get that guitar solo. It's just freaking wicked. Um, I love the lazy drum fill intro to this song and I love the line. Your bed's been made now go die in it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. I like
0: the, you're my black eye. You're the black ice on my road to wholesome. I think that's a, such a good line. Um, I'm into it. I agree. I think this, uh, I don't think I had recognized Bayside's lyrical uh, abilities until really listening to this, this last couple of weeks. Bayside's one of those bands that I always thought was uh, a, a good band. I like the sound of them. I never got super into them though. And it sounds really weird, but to be like, Oh, I like that band. They should be bigger than they are, but I'm not, it, you know, it's not my favorite thing either necessarily. But man, yeah, the lyrics are great on this album. Um, and I <laughs> I I I hate to uh be so thrilled and giggly about someone else's misfortune. <laughs> of uh obviously <laughs> these are not nice words. Uh he wasn't having a great time when all this went down. His
1: losses are game. Yeah, but Amen.
0: but there are times where I go, man, uh I'm glad that there at least is this fun creative outlet that is uh, you know songs And I get to enjoy them uh, And maybe it makes that heartache <laughs> Kind of worth it I don't know Maybe he doesn't feel that yeah.
2: way um, We'd have to ask you the other day, Yeah.
0: Yeah okay well let's go to track four It's not a bad little war
3: See how far I was sticking out my neck
0: This is this is gonna be a weird note from me, but first <laughs> of all, no that guitar no, there's no such thing that I want all of the ridiculousness that is that guitar solo. Because um, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go there at all, go all the way there. Don't kind of give us uh, yeah. a, a guitar solo that lasts like more than a verse. Uh, get go the whole way. You gotta go the whole way. My note is gonna be that. I have no doubt, even though we have very little information on this, this album, I have no doubt that it this is all like meticulously tracked. And, and this isn't, I guarantee it's not time corrected or maybe there's pitch correction on the vocal. I think there is. I can hear it in a few places, but that's pretty common. But what kind of sucks a little bit is that it's like so perfect. It sounds like some of the other things that sounded so perfect in the 2000s where it's almost like, I don't believe that they did it, but I know they did because I know yeah. they're a good band. And I know that Gil Norton is a fantastic producer and is not going to go like phone it in. Like, cause I've never heard a record that he did that sounded phoned in or whatever. And that sounds like a weird, that sounds like a weird thing to say, but it's almost like sometimes I feel like even though Gil Norton's one of my favorite producers of all time, I feel like on this album, the vocals don't sit right with me for some reason. Mm. Uh, like the guitars sound phenomenal. The dr- all the instruments sound great. And the vocals sound like they're like on top of it almost most of the okay. time. And they, it doesn't feel blended as well. And that's a stylistic choice, but it, it, I don't know why it bothers yeah. me on this record. It almost sounds mm. like they're almost like too clean. Uh, sounding and I almost want like a little bit of dirt with my rock and roll kind of like almost some like bleed or just like not to them to be buried but they were like so on top of the mix on all this uh stuff um so maybe that's my critique of I don't know maybe I don't I don't know what the story is there I've never felt like that about another Gil Norton record that I really liked uh in fact I think Gil Norton's like the reason Jim Atkins, the singer he is now, I think that he improved Jim Atkins vocals, like, and there was a Mark and then it permanently, they were different after they worked with him. So it's not like, I think he's bad at vocals. Like, I don't think he's just a guitar guy, but just, there's something about the vocals that just don't sit perfect with me for some reason on this record. Anyway, Kyle, what are your thoughts on, on the,
1: okay. So here's something crazy to go along with what you just said. Um, it, it has to be production choices because this is the cleanest vocal that he has on any record. He's, he's typically uh, just a little bit more growly than this and like becomes more so after this record. So, uh, I, I, I would love to know a little bit more about that. Like, I don't, I don't mind where they sit in the mix. I hear what you're saying. Well, it's not don't even just the it, but, mix.
0: It's like, it's even like, like the way you, they recorded and just, it sounds yeah, like, it's yeah. like everything. And like, I think you're yeah. right. It's a choice, but there's something about the choice that I just don't like.
1: But, but like, but well, and, but what you're saying is complete. I mean, obviously, right. We listen to music and we have opinions, but there's what you're saying is valid because I like, this is one of my favorite bands I know all of their records very well. And after this record, he is considerably more growly in his vocal. He kind of does a, one of the, like the Louis. Yeah. And I think, I I think I want some of that
0: on this record, dude. Yeah. I think I, I I think I, I feel like it needs it. Um, not needs it, but it feels like everything is so perfect sounding that you, if you could get just a little bit of, of a raw sound with the vocal, that's all it needs. Like you can really like, you can kind of change the sound of everything with the way the vocal is, which is what they were doing on, on purpose in a different way, obviously. And it's the same thing for like a chiller record. It's like, uh, one we've not done, but, um, saves the day. Um, what's the in reverie? reverie. Like, it sounds like he's laying on a couch, which is what I didn't like about the record when it came out, but like, it was a choice and um and in hindsight i'm like okay i actually get it now i think it i think it makes the record work but um which that's gonna be a fun one when we do that by the way um but but in this case it just something doesn't fit right i can't figure it out i have
1: good i have good news for you if you're left wanting that you can continue in bayside's catalog. i
0: will do that then because uh (laughs) Um, that's what's leaving me there yeah
1: i was gonna say wish upon a satellite great great line and, uh, I love the line face your failures and hope we'll see it through. Um, he's, he's a great writer. It's wise. Um, and, and they, they, pl- they play the guitar pretty good
0: guys. I agree with that one. Uh, holy, I, I agree with that. Uh, Chris, what what are your thoughts on track four?
2: Um, You know, one of my favorite lines uh, you picked out right at the end of that clip, you need a map to see how far I was sticking out my neck. Uh Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, after that, your brain just gets melted by the Joe (laughs) Satriani guitar solo. (laughs) I mean, it's epic. And it kind of starts off, you're like, oh, this is a pretty good solo. And then
0: he's like, wait for it. (laughs) I would like to keep going now.
3: (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I just really miss guitar solos. I, I don't know why we decided... I mean I know why. It's because radio stopped being like wanting them and people I mean but right. you know so we so we go to these like basically single progression solos of some sort and then like right. and then radio's like break. and then radio's like, "Nah, we don't really even have time for that." And they're just like cutting that out. And so, you know, in some ways people just stopped putting them in there because people didn't want to hear them apparently, but I grew up on like the classic rock of the seventies where <laughs> the guitar solo was more important than the vocals, which I wouldn't go that far. I don't want to go all the way back to that either, but that pendulum doesn't have to swing so far from one side to the other. We could have, you know, guitar solos like this on this record that are fun. And you, you, you can have three minute songs with 30 second guitar solos. <clears throat> yeah, you can absolutely do that. Or even just give me, give me uh, the middle Guitar solo, you know, Jimmy, mm, that's a great yeah. one. That's a great guitar solo. It doesn't have to be super long. I mean, but I like the long ones, too. Come on, let's bring him back. I'm glad the sax solo has come back, though, at least in some form and fashion. I feel like people, right? those are all that's over weird. the place now. And I'm into it because I played saxophone. I've Always liked the sax solo. Always been a Billy Joel and Elton John fan. And uh, bring it back. I'm all for that. I like the people where I see people touring with a saxophone player. They deserve to get paid too.
2: Get that get that band nerd on the bus, man. Yeah,
0: man. Bring them along. <laughs> Absolutely. Song, like, uh,
2: what was that band? M M eighty
0: three. Yeah, M eighty three did it. Uh, nineteen seventy five had a guy that played sax and guitar out, and man. keys and stuff. Oh. Yeah, he got to on Midnight City. In that the name of the in that the song that has that's the it. Sa- yeah yep. yeah that's yep. a great. Great album. Um, did we finish our thoughts on track four? I think we did. Let's go to track five, which is Sinking and Swimming on Long Island. Kyle Simmons, what are your thoughts on track 5? Um it's not on
1: there, but the intro is great, the freaking big guitar chugs. Um that freaking line, I think I finally found a way to go to heaven without dying and I'm on my way over the freaking soaring music that's happening. It just it does it for me every time. <laughs> and then and then they're like, "Oh yeah, we're going to hit you with some whoas." And it's like <laughs> Man, they they play me. They they uh they know what I
0: like, and they're keeping you. They're keeping you in here. Uh, yeah, Chris, what are your thoughts?
2: You know, this is a a a decent song. Um, I feel like this is the well, I, it is literally the build of the album. Um, mm. so this is kind of that mid tempo mid album tune we usually talk about. But I I really did notice the vocals, again uh they just kind of they they really pop out to me how even on this song that's like not the best song the album but it's still good um just lots of layers of vocals harmonies um and the oh's that you played it it's still a great song just not my favorite on the album at all
0: yeah i think i'm pretty much there with you chris i do like the my good intentions just keep sliding by the wayside that's a good line too there's really not been a song that doesn't have at least a couple of lines where i go oh man that's a really good line like yeah um he's pretty good at that but i'm with you it's kind of in the middle we're in the middle of the record and i feel like it's not uh it's the weakest of what we've listened to so far i think it's fairly fair so let's go five tracks in not so bad no, that's not so bad yeah. that's not a bad place to be let's see what happens with uh track t- uh track six seeing sound Chris Monnier, what are your thoughts on track six?
2: I mean, Kyle picked a great clip because the verse is awesome, and still didn't have time for <laughs> the chorus, which has got like three hooks in the chorus—the "I am lost" part, the "Whoa ohs," and then the "Da da 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 di, da, I mean, da, da, da 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 da
0: da 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 da." I mean, dude,
2: and then—and I'm—I don't want to <laughs> steal you guys' notes, but a vibra slap gets slapped, and then into a key change. This song. <laughs> has it all and then it ends with a little tremolo guitar note just just a little cherry on top at the end holy crap Kyle there's lots of
1: goodies in here did he steal any of your notes okay so <laughs> i mean in a way because i think i'm going to like i think you guys will both agree with me this record has a sound you know like the guitar the the guitar tones aren't identical but like it's big guitars guitar solos quick intros this to me is the most Green Day, sounding yes, song on. The I had the same note. Like, How about that? Like it's like it, you know it, it, the verse, the Mike Durst freaking bass tone. That's yeah. Like everything about it is very Green Day. And then uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this on like every song. And pain can feel like a boomerang. You close your eyes, it comes back again. That's a
0: freaking awesome line. I'm totally with you on the Green Day vibes. Uh, I'm also getting like super big uh, motion city soundtrack vibes on the oh, Nice. Oh, his vocals yeah. sound like um, Justin a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, but that's a weird thing to say <laughs> like in a, in a way. So, um, but yeah, I definitely hear the green day vibes in, in a good way. It's not me dogging on it at all. If you're going to, uh green day deserves to have people emulate that's them. a good band to copy yeah
2: oh yeah and do it this well
0: yeah <laughs> uh yeah don't do it in the the bad way um doing the good way and they do i think they they do it in a good way um all right well, let's go to track seven the wrong way tell me now how-
3: Don't think you're on something good right now. So let's go back to the starting place. And I believe in futures, but I can't afford to what you've been doing. It
0: so Kyle, what are your thoughts on the wrong way? <clears throat> um, it rocks.
1: <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> I like it. Dude, they reference futures. Which is the next record we're doing, right?
0: Yes, produced by Gil Norton.
1: Gil Norton, is this? Did this podcast just get meta? It is
0: pretty meta. I wondered. I mean, do you think they're yeah. referencing that? Oh, one hundred percent. Okay,
1: one hundred percent. I believed in futures. I mean, I, 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 it I has to be just because that's the whole line.
0: Like totally.
1: Right. Um, and then also that the beginning of the clip. The reason I picked that is because. There's a really weird. I mean, it's cool, but a weird like paramour misery business esque uh, vibe to that verse. The second half of the second verse, um, yeah. The futures reference kicks butt, and then uh, I'm I'm a sucker for the chance. And then um, you're the type of girl who puts on cyanide perfume, then asks for kisses on the neck from every boy in the room. That <laughs> is a
0: freaking line, dudes yeah I'm into it I mean I think it's a cool song and I definitely was like they've got to be referencing Jimmy World Futures there, right to. I mean that, it's, the, it's the whole line except for the Absolutely. word always isn't in it that's the only difference yeah. so I feel like that's got to be it Chris what are your thoughts on it
2: no, it's it's, uh, it's another banger it's a great freaking tune the believe the bully believe, believe callbacks in the chorus and I mean you didn't have time for it but there's another freaking slamming solo in the middle of this <laughs> tune too yeah. We could have um, just made like every clip be
0: song. guitar solos. We really could have, dude. It, the thought <laughs>
1: crossed my mind. It really did because you guys. Are, I know both you guys like guitar solos. Yeah, but I feel like it's not always do the it. best.
0: It's like what I want to do, but it's probably not the best representation <laughs> of the the song as a whole. I'm normally trying to yeah. let's you know. So I think you made the right choice. Uh, but I'm glad we got okay. a few solos in there in the clips for sure because I I do feel like. Um, it's just an underused thing, and they make me happy. I mean, every oh, yeah. time someone does a great guitar solo, um, and like in a live setting, I mean, Chris and I just kind of look at each other and laugh if we're at a show together. It's just like <laughs> that's what you do. It's just fun. Like there's it. That's what they dude, make that me feel. Donna's
2: like. show in Tulsa. Yep. When she had that freaking Marshall cranked up. Yeah, dude, we were <clears throat> laughing so hard because it was just like pure bliss. It was yeah,
0: there's nothing better Okay, let's go to track eight Which is On Love, On Life
3: We should bite our tongues We should bite our tongues Cause after all
0: Kyle Simmons' thoughts on on love or life or the song.
1: Okay, guys, I'm gonna give this song two things that we don't do often enough. One is very rare. One is less rare. I'll start with the less rare. This is my Sacred Heart song. Okay. Um, it's a little weird, right? Like maybe it doesn't quite fit. But if there were a Sacred Heart song on this record, uh, this would be, this be it. Is yeah. It. But my other compliment that I'm going to give this is the highest form of praise that I give on this podcast. This could be a Muppet song. Oh. <laughs> Kermit the Frog could freaking sing this song, and kids all over the world would be singing along with him. This is this. a great song.
2: Has this award Are, been given?
0: Yeah. yeah what yeah. was the it, other it, song that you gave it to? It, it, it. Wasn't it Paramore? Which one was it? I forget now. I. I I'll I'll <laughs> think on it and okay. and I'll okay. remember, I, I, but yeah, I, I had no I've talked about it once before.
1: Yeah. The, we've done it once before. This is, this could be a freaking Muppet song. Like Kermit the frog could sing it. Um, and with that, like it's just a great song. And I think, I think them stripping it down the way that they did just kind of shows like they knew that they had something good. Right. And a good song played anyway is still a good song for the most part. My favorite thing about, about this song, like, mix wise, and I wonder what you think, Blake, if you're gonna love or hate this, but I've been playing this one around the house, and my kids love it. I love how they just crank that harmony in the
0: mix. It's super so much hot. so
1: it's so hot that you it's almost difficult to sing along with the song because you don't know what the you don't your mind will start singing harmony and lead It's hard to sing one straight part, but I love it
0: well, okay, so that's interesting you say that. I think the production change I would have made and I know they can sing the harmonies live is I would have had someone else sing that part. Yeah. yeah. Because then, like, then it sounds like a duet kind of thing. Because if it was a Muppet song, yeah. it wouldn't just be Kermit. It'd be Kermit singing with someone else in this case. Because the harmony is great, but I want a second person singing it or a girl or something.
1: You want Fozzie.
0: Probably not Fozzie. <laughs> Feel like he wasn't known for his Fozzie never had a hit single. He didn't have a rainbow connection. Uh No, but he was there for moving right along. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> or what's the what's the big dude Sweetums be a duet with Sweetums. Uh but I, but I probably would have had someone else sing the harmony. I I feel like I I'm always so torn on on vocalists like doing their own harmonies versus it just kind of depends on the song. I still tend to lean towards liking someone else harmonizing. I just feel like it makes the vocal more complex. And instead of competing so much with each other, they can, um, if you have a voice that blends well with the other one, it's like, it complements it instead of if I sing on top of me, it just sounds like me. Um, I'm not against it though. It's like, I've, it works some, sometimes great. I, but I feel like this is a case where it doesn't maybe that's, a weird thing to say. Uh Chris, what are your thoughts on it?
2: You know, I now I'm thinking a lot about what you're saying. Because I said that the harmonies were great, but you're right, that's a lot of Anthony.
0: Well, but um, I mean that doesn't mean they're not good. I'm just saying that no, no, might no. have been Does the reason it, that might have been the the thing I would have done to appease the, Kyle's note.
2: If you look at the liner note, I think Jack is technically the guitar player is technically credited as the background vocalist, right? Well, so
0: maybe he was singing on it. Maybe they just sound that much alike.
2: Is this one of those bands where you know how that happens? No, it does. Where like the two guys sound mm-hmm. alike, even though um I'm trying to think of another band. Um, so, m- oh, the Get Up Kids, whenever the bass player sings a song, he, he sounds like Matt Pryor, but it's not like on 10 minutes. Right, just thinking of another example where they, you you know, two guys sing together so much, they end up
0: well. I mean, and honestly, for some people, they couldn't tell the difference between like Mark and Tom and Blink Wayne, too. I mean, I remember my friends saying that now, that always seemed a little strange to me because they sound not... not a lot alike, but there are a lot of bands like that where I do have to think really hard about who's singing at the time. Um, so that uh, my note could be totally pointless and wrong because it might be the guitarist that was saying, I know they could do harmony live. Um, yep Uh, but. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we'll see.
2: Orchestration. Fantastic. Sounded expensive.
0: <laughs> Sounded pricey.
2: <laughs>
1: Kyle. The only exception. I I, I oh, said that that was not okay. a- a Muppet esque. That
0: is, yeah, that was a Muppet esque song, and you're right. That is a high praise. It's still one of the mm-hmm. most je- the the most jealous I've almost ever been of another musician. Was a buddy of ours got to play with the Muppets, and I was oh. like, I am jealous, oh. <laughs> like more than more than all the other things that come with being in a, some sort of. You're like, did you talk to Kermit? Was he nice? I told. <laughs> I,
2: uh, I tweeted. I was like, quit.
0: You can't. How can can you you stop that? That's peak. Just stop doing music. Uh, uh, And yeah, that would be forever the thing I would brag about if I uh, if I had done if I had done so. So, yeah, that is high praise. Uh, Kyle, I like that award. A very rare one, too. And uh, but I do feel like it doesn't fit on the album super well, but it is a good song. I I mean, I'll give you that. But but I'm not going to take my Muppet award. That's fine. (laughs) You keep it. You feel they, they, they free. Bayside, Keep it keeps Bayside it. I would.
1: Anthony Raniere keeps it on his mantle.
0: The Muppet award that you just gave him, yeah, just
1: now. Yep. he's yeah. We should just make, now.
2: We should make this award and send it. And to send it You've to got have. a laser etcher, Kyle. We've got to do
0: this. Yes, so. I could. Do Why this. are we not okay? We're gonna start like, sending the awards you to you guys. A,
1: He's, he's He opens it up. Yeah, well, can you imagine the crap sandwiches that Chris has given out?
0: <laughs> we, Congratulations. Like
2: rubbing their hands together. Ooh, ooh,
0: what's this Because yeah, you don't know what it is until you open it. It could be a crap sandwich award. It could be the highest of praises, the Muppet. What, what are we calling it, though? It needs a better than just the Muppet Award. What, what are we yeah. calling it? Oh. we got to come up with a good, better name for it. Because yeah, like Sacred right. Heart. There needs to be some, like... Alliteration yeah, there or needs something. to be something going on. So we'll come up with a name for the Muppet Award. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Uh The Jim Hinn song? No, that's a stretch. I'm going to go ahead and veto <laughs> I <liked> it. I it. <laughs> so on that quick
2: like, yes, that's it. No,
0: he, me- he, me- he immediately disliked <laughs> <That's-> it. <laughs> I had a visceral or, or reaction to that yeah. one that wasn't good. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll trust <laughs> that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's go to track nine, The New Flesh. <laughs>
3: not beating anymore I don't know if I bleed test it out just to see is this the best that I can hope to be and I don't know where to go I don't know, don't know if this feels to work. in my heart not
0: beating anymore Kyle what are your thoughts on the new flesh well, believe it
1: or not, guys, I really dig this. Song. What? Um, <laughs> I love the the don't know where I background over him repeating the chorus. Um, I really like the line. The best that I can hope to be is strong enough to leave. I mean, uh, <clears throat> it's it's no secret. I think he's a good lyricist. I I really like this song. Uh, I love the way it builds and uh yeah it's a good one Chris what are your thoughts
2: that clip I I, that was my only note is it gets so chill and then it gets so hard right there that (laughs) I I hope uh man I I just feel like it would be a crime for them not to play that song live every single time they go out it's a great tune
0: uh, uh, you know, it's interesting that you just brought that up because that made me realize that, you know, he also did, Gil Norton produced um, uh, whatever the Foo Fighter record is with the bomb on it. Um, yeah. And anyway, oh. the in the kind of documentary of the Foo Fighters where they're kind of talking about going, their life as a band and whatnot, uh, he mentions that it wasn't Gil Norton, though. It was someone else. It was... Um, I want to say it was like Clive Davis or someone that uh, Dave Grohl was talking about how, you know, there's kind of always a juxtaposition in Foo Fighters between that soft side of songs that Dave would write and the like really hard stuff. And it was, you know, you listen to like the color and the shape and it's going from like, you know, crazy, loud rock and roll to like February stars and uh, these kind of jumps back and forth or whatever. And I, I think in the documentary, he says something like, but like the guy was like, I think it was Clive Davis. I might be wrong by that reference, but he was like, but it could be both, you know, at the same time. And then they did that record where they kind of did a little bit more of like, they go down to a really quiet, like bridge into a, uh, it was, um,
1: Oh, is it echo silence Patience? And Grace? yes.
0: And what's that first single that was from that? It was, um, the pretender. You know and that was kind of the first time they did a yeah. great job at jumping back and forth between the two, and that was Gil Norton as well. Mm-hmm. So, right, um, he also did color and shape, yeah, color, which is like, yeah, all time. Uh, yeah, yeah so he, he did two of their records. So, it's interesting that you brought Not that up because, yeah, that was uh, another thing that uh, I felt like they did on that record again with Gil Norton. So, he's a great producer, and uh, that's that's why he's one of my favorites. I like that. That's a hard thing to figure out how to do is go sonically from that to the other and not um jar people um in a bad way
2: exactly the the way that it i don't know if it's the compression or production but yes it it doesn't it's not like like a like a jump scare no and you almost know it's coming
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all dynamics and yeah yeah. it's but that's i I like that i mean it sounds like he was challenging they they were challenging themselves, like as songwriters and a oh, band, yeah. as far as going like, "I'm going to write a song as with as many key changes as possible." Well, that's like a, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's a challenging thing to do. So, um, yeah, I, I'm into I'm into the ideas that they've got going, uh, and they're and they're jumping for. I just, uh, I, yeah, there's just not as many people that apparently were into it. Because we don't have any data about how it sold, I, so, would, I wish I knew how many people heard it. Well, I mean, we know how many like, people have streamed it. Uh, I was going to say, that's not I really guess. where this is released before streamings as ubiquitous as it is now. So, mm. I don't think those are always telling. These numbers. Songs
2: aren't, uh, I mean, Kyle, like even the songs that are the most popular on Apple Music. I didn't check Spotify. Like, Spotify's like a million don't a piece. Till like the five or six songs yeah fifth or sixth song yeah i think some of the best work they've ever done Hmm. well Mm -hmm. i
1: mean Mm -hmm. i don't disagree with you but i also think that i also think they're one of these bands that keeps putting out good stuff their their most recent record is a absolute banger you guys should listen to it and Terra bang
0: that's a great great album
1: name
2: oh it's a new album
1: switchfoot thought so too yeah did they do it too
0: yeah. They, what is that? It, kind of is weird. that already a word? Wait, is that allowed? So specific. Yeah. Are you allowed to do you that? You can't copyright titles of anything. Yeah. That's why you can technically release the same book yeah, title or movie allowed? title.
2: Allowed?
1: No, you're allowed. Like, I mean, yeah. I say no.
2: There's the, yeah, the unwritten rules of rock and roll.
1: What is that yeah. a
0: word? Did they both make up the same <laughs> word?
1: <laughs> it's a it's it's a symbol. Okay. It's a oh. it's hmm. a it's a uh it's a punctuation, I don't even
0: know what that is what punctuation
1: I think it's an exclamation with a question mark instead of a period underneath it oh, I think that's right, so it is the oh I think Chris said that referenced it earlier, the question mark exclamation
2: okay, yeah, i'm but, but it's yeah. together, yeah, so there's one dot at the bottom,
0: yep. I am learning learning new things. I did not know that that's what that was called. I didn't even know that was a thing. I don't think I don't know if yeah. I've even seen this character. Okay, well now that we're we're teaching you things, uh, on, and we're learning things as well on this podcast, let's go to track ten, which is the title track, "Killing Time." Okay, I've got to revisit this now that I just looked up what an interrobang is. I've never seen this punctuation in my life. Ever. But it exists. It obviously does. I just looked it up. It exists. And two people have named their albums after. You've used it
1: in speech.
0: No, but I always do it in order. I do exclamation point or question mark, exclamation point next to each other. This is there on top of each other, but it means the same thing as that. But that's how I always see people. It's like question mark, exclamation point. Like, that's mm-hmm. its own thing, but I've never seen them on top of each other.
2: Think
1: of all the time those people could have saved. Wasn't it terrible?
0: <laughs> Not really, though, because it's a, it's a <laughs> shift alt, probably. Uh,
2: As I say, you can't.
0: No, no one knows that keyboard shortcut. <laughs> you got to
2: Google it. I'm sure there, there is. Think of all it. the
1: time they could have saved if that key existed.
2: There we go.
0: Oh yeah, we're gonna we could get rid of one of these brackets, I'm sure, or something. We don't need all of these things on the uh, anyway. Let's go back to track ten, uh, Chris. What are your thoughts on the final track, Killing Time?
2: I'm into it. More really great guitars, just on the edge of being like an epic. I mean, it is an epic metal song, but you know, it's got like the Megadeth, Coed and Cambria kind of <laughs> themes right there. Um, nice, just nice way to end the album. I feel we are, we are, we have hit like, you know, when they're mining, you hit a vein of gold. We've hit a vein of like ending tracks after like a real, a real dry spell dudes.
0: Yeah. I right. think you're right. <laughs> yeah. We had a few, we had a few in a row that were like, why, what, what happened? And, uh and then, yeah, we're, we're about to, we're about to get into some real territory of, of ending tracks with doing futures on the next episode. But, uh but yeah, you're right. We have been on a streak of them and it's not, easy it's not an easy thing to do as mentioned so kudos on a good ending track kyle what are your thoughts on it um i
1: agree with my birthday buddy it's great um but i'm at the risk of sounding douchey i'm gonna i'm gonna say something about the guitar tone that's okay it's it's it sounds in the chorus i love it just has this tough sound you know what i mean like Freaking sounds tough and edgy. Not quite like, not quite metal, but also metal at the same time. I love the way the guitar sound in the chorus, and I love the line, "I'm halfway to happy now," and I always mistake it for progress.
0: Yep, another good line. I mean, honestly, like I said, he's got at least one of those in every song. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. Guitar sound good. Good ending track. It bookends the album well. Uh, with good intro track and good final track, and uh, I'm into it. It's good, and I I for some reason have some sort of weird, um, love of title tracks being at the end of an album instead of the beginning of it. I don't know why mm. that is. A nice touch. <laughs> but a nice I touch. think of you know like this album or Motion City soundtrack, even if it kills me. Um, I don't know why I like that so much. It it feels different in some way, but, uh, I can't put my finger on why. Okay. So let's go to lasting impressions. Kyle, do you think it holds up? I, I think you're going to say yes. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm, I'm not going to hide my bias. I love this. Band. That's okay. Um, we'll allow uh, it. Yeah. It holds up. I, I think really my, my favorite thing about Bayside is that they are, they're a rock band. I mean, yes, it's it's pop punk, but like they play rock and roll music, and not many bands do that. They're they go balls to the wall the entire time, and yeah, it holds up. It's still a lot of
0: fun to listen to. Chris, how do you feel? Does it hold up?
2: Absolutely. This album sound. I I mean, already gone is probably. Like one of my mainstay songs, it just always ends up in playlists as I'm listening to music throughout the years. Um, but when I when I took some time to really listen to this over the last couple of weeks, I just couldn't believe how good it sounded. Um, yeah, it sounds like, it, I mean, you could have told me this record was made six months ago, and I I, I would, wouldn't have doubted it one bit. Uh, sounds spectacular. It is a freaking shame that um, it didn't get more attention when it was released. It really is.
0: And to be fair, it, it does I'm make of those me, people. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah.
1: It does make me wonder, like, you know, Gil's working with some dudes. Like, these guys, the Bayside dudes can clearly play the guitar. This stuff sounds great. Like, at the very least, you kind of hope that, like, Dave Grohl got to hear Already Gone and go, Hell yeah, brother.
0: <laughs> That's exactly like, how he said <laughs> it, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> but it's yeah. the, it, it's the perfect it's almost too perfect that two out of the three of the guys on this podcast, like really liked this record and Blake barely heard it. Maybe it was, maybe the world, maybe we had just oversaturated this little section of music so much that even though me and you really liked the album, we didn't, it's not like we told Blake, like, this is a great album and you really need to listen. It's true. It it was just, it wasn't on my radar.
1: (laughs) People threw the baby out with the bathwater. They were over this and, and it got, it got included in that.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah, I mean, and even though I'm only getting familiar with it recently, um, it doesn't sound dated at all to me. So that's normally my kind of stamp for does it hold up, uh, unless it just doesn't hold up to listening to after all these years, which some of the records we've done, that qualifies. But normally we're not doing them (laughs) if we don't think they're good. Uh, I'm sure we're going to get around to some, though, eventually. Um, people are gonna wish they didn't request us doing their favorite album from the early two thousands that none of us liked, but it'll happen. Our
2: goal is to ruin your childhood. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna
0: happen at some point. Uh we'll we'll see. I mean, we've we've kind of had some fun with some albums, uh, but we haven't truly hated anything that we've done on the show yet. So um
1: I got some more good Charlotte texts this week. Oh did you <laughs>
2: Oh my god really
0: i was yeah, thinking a lot of good, charlotte, Poor good charlotte we did kind of dog on them a bit but we also gave them a lot of credit let's not this wasn't all we didn't hate it well,
1: well i think clearly maybe we didn't give them as much as we intended because i know that none of us hate them yeah we probably it didn't just-
0: it just didn't it just didn't age well. that's all. Yeah, it didn't right. That was that's a, a big fair part of it. I'm, we will defend that statement. I don't think it did. <laughs> um, is it their best album, Kyle? I feel like we should go to you first on this one. You seem you could probably speak for all of us on this one unless Chris has a different opinion. He might.
1: So <clears throat> it's a great album. I don't think so because I think it's hard to this sounds really stupid. It's hard to capture the emotion that probably went into making a record after your bandmate died the walking wounded coming out after that yeah the title alone the walking wounded you know like it just it hit you know um and and also like musically this is this is a really good one but i really like their latest release dude like it might be my favorite okay I like it. Intero Bang.
0: Intero in case
1: In case you don't know what the that is,
0: aforementioned Intero <laughs> The aforementioned.
1: Not to be confused with Switchfoot's album of the
0: same title.
2: Don't listen to Switchfoot and think it's Bayside. It's not.
0: They are no, not the same not band. The same. But I just—I mean, both great bands. Both—we've uh, all learned things tonight. Apparently, uh, Chris, do you have yeah. a do you have an alternate uh, choice for? Is it their best? I this
2: is the only side album I'm that I'm familiar with. I love it inside and out, and I never touched another one. I'm gonna. The, my goal this week is to is to change that about myself. Yeah,
0: I think I'll probably listen to some more too. I was gone over the weekend, so I didn't uh, didn't get to listen to as much the last like 48 hours, which I normally listen to more. But I think I will go and listen to some of their other stuff because I like it. But I want to hear some of that growly stuff that that Kyle was talking about. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. Uh, so I don't, maybe,
2: and maybe we would have been bigger fans if when we when we played with them, we barely got to hear their music. Yeah, because it was just like one acoustic, acoustic
0: guitar or two acoustics. Yeah, can and, you imagine?
1: Yeah, that that could have been a total like it. It was a defining moment, right? It could have
0: been, yeah. and it was a show yeah. we weren't supposed to be on either. It was a show where the band we were on tour with ditched us because they got on that show, and then we knew Bayside's tour manager. And so we called her and we're like, like hey, sup, can dude? we play for 20 minutes at the front? We'll be on and off yeah. so fast. And so they squeezed us on the show. And then we sold more merch than that dumb band that we were on tour with that ditched us that night. Um, it true. Yeah. So
2: that was a that was a great night. That's one of my all time sick. favorite nights. Yeah, it was a fun night. See, I don't even remember you being sick. Yeah,
0: I never, ever get sick. And I didn't like throw up or anything. I just felt terrible and went to sleep Not in, in the a bad van. way. I just. Yeah.
2: All I remember is like, you know, we we're, we we're, it was like a dry spell on the tour. We'd had some rough nights and that was a great night.
0: <laughs> that was a, that was a rough year in general. <laughs> uh,
2: got, got to play. Yeah. We got to play for a lot of people that night and they enjoyed it. Was it. Fun. it was fun. Night. It was
0: very fun. Uh, and they were champs to not cancel. Like they went out there and put on yeah. the best show they could without a vocalist basically. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, is it their most important album, Kyle? I mean, it's probably hard to kind of pick with them because we felt like they never quite launched in a way that you think is fair to them.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I, it is really hard to say because we don't, obviously I'm pretty, I think it's fair to say this didn't see success like they thought it would. Yeah. They didn't put out another record on wind up. Right. Um, so probably not yeah um how could it be i mean with all that i know right well and i don't even and and again it's kind of what i said at the beginning the theme of this band is like it's almost like you know they're doing it for a living and and i love them and i'm and i'm glad they're still making music but it's like they can't catch a break i don't know what is their breakout you know
0: yeah and and unfortunately there were a lot of bands like that that didn't even get this big um Okay, what about Desert Island songs? Two or three of your favorites, Chris.
2: No, you always say two or three, and I always pick three.
0: Yeah. I mean I don't know I why I say two or three. Before. But
2: someday I'm gonna pick two. I try I'll try to remember.
0: It'll be a bad uh, album.
2: Yeah. I'll pick zero. Carol okay,
0: I'll, I'll pass. <laughs>
2: I'd rather just go to the desert island with no music. <laughs> I'll listen to the ocean. <laughs> God,
0: that's, <Yeah>. oceans, that <laughs> is the harshest insult you could possibly have. I'd rather have no music than have your music on a desert island. <laughs> yeah, that's hurtful. That it's uh,
2: harsh. Already Gone in Sick, Sick, Sick. I know the, the lead tunes and the singles, but God, they're great songs. And then my number three is uh, Seeing Sound. That is a perfect pop song right there.
0: Kyle, what about you?
1: I think I'm going to go already gone Mona Lisa and
0: on love on life. I think this feels lame, but I'm picking the same ones as you, Kyle. That's
2: All what right. I had. That's okay. what I
0: had, uh, had marked. And even, like, which is weird because like, I, I do think on love on life sticks out. Not, and mm-hmm. it, it doesn't, it's, it feels like it doesn't fit, but I do like the song a lot. Um great song. It's a great song. So Muppet Worthy. And Muppet Worthy makes all the sense in the world now. Like that's exactly what it sounds like. I'm gonna now be listening for that sometimes when I'm listening to albums. That that Muppet quality. Yeah, that Muppet quality. It is a quality <laughs> though. Um yeah, totally. that uh what's his name from Fly of the Concords has the ability, obviously, yeah. to do. Um Brit. Brit. <laughs> uh Nobody's <laughs> Perfect. What's the worst song on the album? Kyle, do you have one?
1: Man, I'm not getting rid of a single song on this record. Okay.
0: Chris, do you have one you'd get rid of?
2: Uh, not get rid of, no, but I think um sinking and swimming on Long Island yeah. is just all right. I
0: think that's the weakest on the record, but I'm with Kyle. Mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't kick it off. I mean it's not My least favorite I wouldn't call title. it the worst.
2: Oh no, it is it's unfortunate. Yes, it is a good title.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> And then uh, Grow or Not a Shower. Kyle, do you have one that's a uh, one you did not like at first, but now you love it?
1: No, man. I was all in on this band when I heard it, and so,
0: no. Okay.
1: Chris? It, it's all good. Do you have one?
2: Uh, I think On Love, On Life, which you guys both picked for your... Ooh. For your, you know, I. I this is a, another time where I was kind of really into the rock and roll and i, I think the bowels were also like kind of rolling my eyes yeah. thought thought they were playing a making a play at, at pop radio or something and i hear it i'm like no nah, it's just a good song maybe it's a little oddly placed on this album um like you said i think blake you said something to that extent it kind of sticks out a little Didn't you say no, i'm just like saying it's
0: just kind of sticks out i don't know that you could have placed yeah, it yeah. anywhere that it would have not stuck out a little bit because it's mostly guitar right, right. driven it, straight up rock yeah. and then but being the dude, old you sentimental
2: guys... man i am now i, I dig it
1: do me a favor and play it around your kiddos this week, okay. and tell okay. me how they respond. Because my kids won't stop. Singing. Okay, I will. I because that's I like that uh, it's a
0: great test actually. Because they don't care what year something came out or what it sounds like. They just are like, I like that song, uh, and that's and they'll be like, Who's this? That's how I know if they like a song. <laughs> Who is this? Um, all right, uh, I guess that's really it. <laughs> right that's all the questions that i have uh yeah. any any final thoughts on, on the album um from either one of you fellas kyle i feel like you've uh do you have anything wise to leave us with
1: man i wish i did
0: okay well i think i got nothing, got nothing. that's fine there's uh there's no need to have anything uh, well, I guess that does it for us on this episode. Again, we've got t-shirts for presale on findingemopod.com. Mm-hmm. You can uh, check that out if you're into wearing our uh, gear to have people ask you, what does that mean? And you can tell them uh, it's a podcast I listen to and you could listen to it as well and uh, you'll basically be our little you know, proselytizers. Uh, you can also email us info at findingemopod.com uh, I'm now a little jealous of Chris on the Twitter now that Elon Musk has bought it. I'm just gonna watch the crap show that happens now. So excited Ooh. to watch it. Uh, Chris is over there taking care of Twitter, so you can tweet us at Finding You can Instagram us, you can Facebook, all those fun things, and you can tell us where we're wrong about stuff. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time.